Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Capital City. This is the Jeff Cameron Show brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV on a busy Monday. Glad to be here. Glad you're with us. Share, like, celebrate, all that good stuff. It's funny, the game of phone tag that is played, how quickly uh, everybody goes from, hey, that's interesting. Oh, wonder who uh, started that. Oh, that's also fascinating. To, are we going to join the Big Ten tomorrow? <laughs> no. The answer is no, we're not joining the Big Ten tomorrow. Let's get that out of the way right off the bat. I did enjoy that at this time where we're busy and excited about Florida State's future on and off the field, that uh, there was a headline uh, in the Miami Herald uh, involving, uh, well, go figure, the University of Miami. Red flags on top of red flags. Problems mount for UM Athletics booster John Ruiz. Yes, yes, they do. You don't say. Mm. None of us saw that coming. So that's good. That's good. And it's, uh, you know, one thing that we haven't discussed, and I think I know your answer, but I, I, I also think that we would be bitterly disappointed. Let's just say, and and who knows how this is going to end up, But let's just say this is the beginning of something major. Further adding to the shift in college football away from many traditions that we've enjoyed. But understanding that the future is not the college football of our our youth, but rather one that is much more akin to professional football. And that no matter what lament you may have about what's happened to your game, 
the reality is you're going to continue to watch college football, maybe not in the same way that you once did, but your your university, your program has got to be in the best financial position possible to compete with whatever that landscape looks like, right? So we've, we've come to that understanding. We don't have to like it, but maybe we've grown to accept it. And that will include something else that we haven't talked about at all. And that will include uh, probably the end of uh, an annual game against the University of Florida and the end of an annual game against the University of Miami if they don't come along for the ride. And who would want them? But anyhow, you could be looking at yet another tradition that we do value coming to an end. And, I, you know, we'll see. We'll see. But it's something to ponder, something to kick around. It is definitely something to kick around if the network wars are what they appear to be from the outside. The one thing I'll say is that when you look, and I know I point to this example all the time, but it's I think it's that significant. If you look at the Texas-Oklahoma SEC and Big 12 situation, remember that it is Fox and ESPN that had to trade back and forth in order for this whole thing to work. There was the, the amount of money, but then there was also the shift of location for the Michigan and Texas home-and-home. Mm-hmm. And they moved it to Big Ten television first or ESPN. Either way, the networks traded that in order to facilitate this move. So I believe Fox gets it first. And it was supposed to be the other way around on the schedule. So that tells me that the TV networks are capable of picking up the phone and talking to each other. This isn't all-out war in that sense where they've completely encapsulated themselves off from the other side. And I think in the long term, we're, we're living in a very important time right now, but I think in the long term, wouldn't you agree this all comes back together and whenever there is a, a central figure who can lead the sport, you have essentially at the highest level of college football an NFL system where you've got four or five television networks that are broadcasting the whole of Premier League f- college football and this whole thing circles back and it gets more regional. Yeah, you get I think ten. That they're going into two camps to become super conferences and they're going to yeah. meet back probably in 10 years. Yeah, because like, so. somebody could argue, what does it even mean if you get into the Big Ten, if you get into the SEC? Uh, it's not going to last for long. Well, it means that we're not broke for the next 10 years right. while they amass fortunes. And figure for it which, out. Yeah, and figure it all out. No, I, I think you have to you have to be able to eat from the same money trough, as I say, as all of the other big boys with whom you seek to compete. You cannot be in this footprint, which is the SEC's footprint, and seek to compete against those teams for recruits and coaches and facilities and resources, if they're doubling, tripling your income, you don't stand a chance. And if you fall behind over a 10-year span when this thing changes yet again, you enter into it dead in the water. Well, and that's the other thing. I can hear some people who love more than just football saying, oh, football ruins everything. No, not really. This is a move at this point that would secure Florida State's athletic department future in everything but football. Football will be the last thing to fall. If you stay where you are and you're operating at the deficit, football will be the last athletic program at Florida State that's going to fall victim to the gap. Everything else would first. Yeah. But if you can make this move and you can make the numbers work, the future of every other sport at Florida State that you hold dear, if you have one, like a softball or a baseball, whatever, either Golf basketball, or soccer, whatever. Yes, it is now much closer to secure because those things are the ones that are going to get cut first. We have to compete in football. It's who we are. Well, we threw our, our hat in the ring ages ago. I mean, Doak Campbell Stadium is 
the way it is with all of the additions from a rector set to what we see now with a gorgeous facade because of the express intent of competing at the highest levels in football. The other thing I'd say is while I agree, that it, I think it puts – I think Miami, Florida State, let's say – that Miami didn't move with us to our next destination. I think that's in more danger than Florida because I think the two networks can work together on a home-and-home, and, home, and I think there would be a greater appetite for it, let's say if we were in the Big Ten, and, and obviously we know where Florida is, there's a greater appetite for it because the expanded playoff field is a thing now. When you get to 12, it, it certainly doesn't can, necessarily you, rule you out if you lose two or three games. You can yeah. absorb a loss if you win the conference. I mean, you're an at-large team, and the schedule's going to be awarded a hell of a lot more for at-large bids and strength of schedule than they can afford to do now with only four spots at the table. And they still do it now for the Big Ten and the SEC and say, well, they play – I mean, Ohio State didn't even make it to the championship game, but they played a, a whale of right, a schedule. Right, right. They still do it now, So yeah. they're a top-four seed. So, yeah, I think it's still possible. But if you don't have Miami in the next place, I think that game is probably in more danger than Florida, Florida State. Either way, I mean, I, I'd want to play those two teams annually. Uh, for, for Agreed, uh, 100%. Always. I mean, it's, it's rivalries are key to what, would it, what it is we love about college football. I think that's probably true across all sports. Uh, but let me answer Elisa's question. Jeff, what are the chances we don't get the Daryl Jackson waiver if we make this move and piss off the ACC? Does Stan Wilcox have any say in his waiver? Two things here. I don't think uh, the chance Daryl Jackson gets this waiver has anything to do with um, our movement uh, out of the ACC and, and to another conference. Does Stan Wilcox have a say? Yes, uh, he does. But but you can't go rogue and just decide screw my ex school or this group or whatever. So I, I listen. I don't like it. I don't think it's ideal. I think Daryl made some choices that made this difficult on him, and that's why I said last hour I would I'd seek to rectify some of this with some good old fashioned uh, and and somewhat uh, ugly PR as many interviews as possible with uh, Daryl and his and his mom. Uh, regarding the situation and how near and dear to each other they are. So what you're saying is if you hear that 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 particular interview is coming, we got bad news, and we're trying to get out in front of it. Is that correct? That's what you would surmise? I, I mean, I, I feel like this was ruled upon already at once, and this the, the Florida State is following up. Um, th- this is also something that happens a lot more than people realize, where – a player, uh, let's say there's a punishment handed down, and that, for example, well, hey, we have an example that just happened a year ago. We didn't know the situation with Baba uh, until he got the 16-game suspension. Yeah. And then I screamed bloody murder, and a lot of other people did too. It seemed unfair on its face. We found out that the original suspension was for the season, that it was cut in half, that it was originally 32 games. And that 16 was their answer when we appealed it. Only after that appeal did you find out that it was 16 games. That wasn't the first punishment handed down. So, you know, we oftentimes don't even know that behind the scenes the NCAA has answered what it was we're asking for. Yeah. And then we're responding with a, that's not acceptable. And, you know, this could have already happened here too. And we've responded with a, hey, hold on. Well, I think in, in this case, because of what happened with Baba, don't you think Florida State's appetite for this back and forth and, you know, being dogged by the NCAA as they perceive it, wouldn't they be more proactive to get out in front of it and, and allow for the process to be a little bit more transparent 
through PR, through code, as you're talking about. Yeah, well, like, they're what not- I'm saying is they haven't exhausted all their options yet. They would be foolish to let that process play out the same way they did with Baba. Because they got screwed in the Baba case. Yeah, they absolutely did. Just like most schools get screwed on the regular by the NCAA. So you can absolutely uh, probably lean towards that they'll be a little bit more vocal this time around. You know, again, they have to see whether they deem that to help their cause. I mean, if they think there's there's a legitimate chance that even though it comes right up until the 11th hour or whatever, that that, that he'll be eligible. Because remember, he's allowed to practice. So he can practice starting this week. When they start practicing, Daryl Jackson can practice. Now, it becomes a difficult situation for the coaches because if you don't know the guy's going to play, how much do you want him to practice? Take away reps from other guys that will have to step in in his absence, in particular, Farmer. Uh, so, you well, you know. And Braden Fisk. Well, and Braden's going to get. spring. Yeah, and Braden's going to have a ton. He's going to play a ton. So he's going to be part of that equal rotation. But somebody who would maybe – Garner fewer snaps, would have to take more snaps, and you'd like them to get prepared in that way? Yeah, this is where we talked about this uh, over the weekend. I I don't know if it was an official capacity or not. We've done a lot recently, but this is where Dennis Briggs, you know, I haven't given him a ton of credit for being in the rotation at defensive tackle because I think he just profiles much better as a mismatch on the edge, setting the edge against the run. Like, I feel like that's where he fits better. But if you're telling me that Daryl Jackson's not a part of the rotation, well, then – Forget what I said because he needs to be back in the interior. He's got to rotate there. Much more important at that point. He's a Swiss Army knife, but sometimes you don't need seven functions of the knife. You just need one. So I think that's what would happen if the Daryl Jackson situation was to deteriorate. Yeah, and it's frustrating. It's frustrating. We we were led to believe originally that this seemed like a no-brainer, but things change, and, you know, doesn't seem like the kid did himself any favors either. So that's kind of – an unfortunate set of uh, circumstances. You could cite immaturity, but either way, it negatively affects you. And Daryl, I'll just say this. Daryl Jackson's unlike anybody else we have on the defensive line now. I know in his brief career, he has not altered games to where you look back and say, oh, God, to not have his services is to be without an All-American. Yeah, he hasn't sniffed that yet. Because he was in Maryland, and then he transferred to Miami, he was on a bad defense at Miami. You saw moments with Daryl Jackson while at Miami where he was a very impactful player, but he kind of ebbed and flowed there where he was kind of waning in some games and more dominant in others. But to to see him the way he is physically and to know what his top end is, as we did in the spring, when you watch him decide that this is the rep he's going to go full bore, and that this is the time where he's decided, or he's mad, or something happens that gets his attention. When you watch that kid play with peak effort, he's unblockable. He is an NFL prospect through and through. You're not 6'5", 330, whatever he is, with feet like that and hands like that, and, and, and not changing games. You are. You are changing games. So long as you're motivated, so long as you care, so long as you bother to play down in and down out. I don't know that we've seen that from him yet. I was looking forward to seeing that because this would be the so-called money year. Yeah, it's one problem before the next. So if you could clear this hurdle and you do get the waiver, then you're in a position where you say, all right, well, will you be freaking consistent for once in your career? Could you I'll, be? I'll, I'll, be, I'll be honest with you, Tom. I don't even care. I care that he's consistent against LSU and Clemson. Yeah. And the- at the end of the year against Florida and maybe one other game like Pitt. Yeah, within those games, though. I mean, that's still a concern. Like, it's never You're never able to rest easy and exhale, I think. 
You could be in the course of a game and something happens that makes him angry in the first quarter of the LSU game if you're rotating in and out. You know, is he going to shut down? You know, is he going to shut down now? Like, that would be the concern that I would have from afar. It never ends, would be my point. Now, I'd rather have that problem yeah. than not have that problem. Yeah. But I think that's uh, until his career is complete, you can never exhale in that situation. But you're right. Having seen it personally, which is the great thing about being able to cover practices in person, one of the great things about that policy, it does look different. Even from Fabo, even from some of the other guys we've had the last few years. Like, for example, Jared Jackson. You might laugh, everybody, but Jared Jackson, when he decided to win a rep, he would ragdoll like Dylan Gibbons. It'd be the dumbest thing you ever saw. Now, it happened once a week, but you say, well, come on, man. I need you to do more, that more often. Daryl's even different than that. Yeah, oh, very much so. And I, I would really like to see him motivated. I don't care if it's all superficial. I, if it's just that he wants to get paid and make a lot of money and forever alter he and his family's fortunes, then so be it. Play really hard in some big games this year. Go get paid. I don't care what happens after that. I mean, that, that's sometimes it's that way. I mean, not everybody you know has a passion and loves football the way we'd like them to, but he's a physical freak. Not everybody loves football the way that, you know, a lot of people love Zaxby's. <laughs> Tallahassee Zaxby's, to be specific. Oh, uh, Zaxby's delicious as always. And the way that they love this football program in the athletic department. 18 plus State. years running there, buddy. As a uh, Golden Chief booster, there are uh, 37 Zaxby's in Tallahassee. Go find you one of those 37 Zaxby's. Stop in and get one of those big chicken sandwiches. They're delicious. I believe it was P. Simpson on the chat who is frequently funny. Mm. Said that maybe for game day shows, we should bring out a big fill tub. It up. A big tub from Pinch Penny and then fill it with Zaxby's chicken. And then report from inside the tub full of the chicken. You know, that sounds like a fun tub to be in. For the first two minutes. Then it's just a greasy mess. Yeah, but if you've committed to it. You've got to commit to it now. You know, you can't be like, oh, these chickens are touching my feet. You know, you can't do, you got to be in. The fingers are touching my feet. Also, (laughs) I'll explain in a minute. The dedication and commitment to something can also run afoul. Oh, you see what I did there? Jeff Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio. That was really good. War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply welcome back to the jeff cameron show sponsored by legendary home loans a mortgage experience designed around speed simplicity and customer service before you buy your next home, contact our friend Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans. Visit fsuhomeloans.com. fsuhomeloans.com.
93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. So, <laughs> I love that college football is back. I just took a glance at the headlines from on three. Nebraska wide receiver Josh Fleek sent home from camp for being overweight. You fat ass. <laughs> That's just a great headline. Isn't home the last place you want to send them? Yeah. Send them to the sand pits. It's just funny. It's been a tough week at Nebraska. Miles Farmer suspended by Nebraska. Matt Rule confirms. He's obviously trying to make an impression, but I just, it's pretty good. Josh, sir, did you work out at all this offseason? You're fat as hell. Get off my field. But doing them arm curls with the quarter pounders? I can still remember how hard we laughed um, that first time we saw Kelvin Benjamin. Oh. So Tom and I are at practice. Kelvin Benjamin comes walking in, the much ballyhooed Kelvin Benjamin, who obviously went on to do some great things for us. And, uh, yeah, so he, he arrived on campus after Jimbo had told us he had a chance to be the greatest receiver in the history of college football. And we're like, oh, well, this is going to be amazing. And you saw the measurables and all of that. You're like, okay, well, this is a, this is going to be a special player. He got it. He was fat as hell. I thought he was a tackle. He had a pot belly. Oh, he had a pot belly. He had a sizable pot belly. It was impressive. So I thought, well, maybe he meant the greatest tight end to ever live because he's not going to be a wide receiver. And then they had to motivate him. And that was the theme. That was the every day. The crux is remember the under Jimbo in the beginning, the media department got a lot better with the offseason videos that they were producing, be it game specials or offseason snippets, things like that. Mm-hmm. And the one video before Kelvin really took off, you saw the summer workouts and he's doing the ropes. Yeah. And he's underneath this. He's yeah. in the bowels of the stadium. He's getting a, after it. Yeah. A bunch of guys are sweating and they cut to Kelvin like, oh. <gasps> Well, would you look at that? He's getting back after it. In this day and age, we would have gone with a YouTube video and put out, can you believe this? Could Florida State's receiver core jump to another level? Look at this visual evidence. Like, that's exactly what we would have done. It was big-time news. We would have been absolutely uh, enthralled by that and had the opportunity. Because, I listen, I will give him credit for this. A a lot of guys never – if you don't love football – you know, something that we talked about with Mario Cristobal in Charlotte, he brought up when he's interviewing coaches and, and bringing in new people, he said, well, we look for good people. And yeah, I think every coach is going to say that. Every employer is going to say that, that you want to know that the person you're hiring is a good person because you're bringing them into your work environment. In the case of team sports, you're bringing them into a locker room. You're bringing them into uh, these surroundings where right now, for example, things are going really well. So you got to be careful who you bring in, who you let into that environment. So it's not unusual to hear a coach say, well, they got to be good people. Okay, fine, whatever. Roll your eyes, nod your head. But when he when he said they better love football because what we do is hard, and when things get tough and the hours begin to build, you better love it. He's not wrong about that. And I, and I think that's the hard part if you're a football player who's really good at playing football, but you don't love it. You watch guys like that burn out. Now, sometimes they burn out in college right off the bat. As soon as they get there, they're like, this is too much. This is way worse than it was in high school. I didn't even love it in high school. I just have to be really good at it. 
So I got a scholarship. How can I turn down a scholarship? My parents want me to play, so I'm going to go get my education. I come up here, but now, man, it's 18 hours a day or 16 hours a day. I hate this. I just want to live my life. I've never liked this sport. It's 105 degrees. You know, like all of those things can happen, and guys don't rebound. Now, some know enough to realize I'm extremely gifted. I can run like the wind blows, and I'm 250 pounds. There are very few freaks like that around. I can get paid. So can I hang in there and do this thing that I hate for the next three, four, five, six years and forever change my life? If you have that kind of maturity, if you have that kind of ability to project, then you really can become a multimillionaire and be out of football by the time you're 26 and have the whole rest of your life to live with a hell of a starting point. You know, like that, that can be you. But most of the time, because we're all immature when we're 18 and 19 years old, and we don't really realize how young 23, 24, 25, 26 is, it seems like forever in the distance when you're 19 to be 30, right? But as you and I both know, 30 happens like that, and then it's 40. Yeah, we're about there. Yeah, so it happens very quickly. And if you could go back and tell the 18-year-old self, look, man, you've got this path. You can set yourself up for life by the age of 24. Then you'd be out doing whatever you want to do. Most don't do it. So I give Kelvin Benjamin a ton of credit. I don't think he ever liked playing football. I don't think he wanted to play. He's just huge. He's just a freak of nature. A big, strong kid that nobody looks like that and runs like that. Like when he was in shape, he was unguardable. He has one season on record in college football where that was the case. And he really only has one great, great season in the NFL. He ends up winning all kinds of awards. It's that great season. It gets him paid. He did it. He hung in there long enough to, to, you know, to, to, to get paid, to, to finally make his money. So it's, that's admirable because football is hard. It is extremely hard, especially when you get to camp this time of year. Good God what these guys are about to go through. Outside of the obvious example that you brought up with um, needing a waiver being cleared on the defensive line, this roster seems to be a bunch of dudes who love the game. Which is why I think ultimately you got to be careful he doesn't get the waiver. You got to be careful. Oh, if he does not. All right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. What's, what's the first phone call? Is it to uh, Daryl or to Joshua <laughs> if he doesn't get the waiver? Yeah. I, I, I call you, Farmer first. Uh, hey, man. Just letting you know we got some bad news coming. You're still in it, right? You're with me. Big year, Joshua. Come on now. I just, it's, yeah, it's important that you make sure that that locker room remains intact and everybody's on the same page. Everybody likes where it's headed and they're able, you know, listen, I'm rooting for everything to work out. It's just, it's something to keep our eyes on as we start camp and we wait on this information and we gauge the offseason up in Charlotte, I asked Mike yet again about how it is when you choose to bring guys in, you sustain the status quo, which is right now a locker room full of guys that really like each other, who are all on the same page, who we found out had meetings and text threads and group group text threads about coming back and achieving something special. I thought that was interesting when we were there to have these guys talk about and refer to group texts when they were frustrated and, you know, talked about their futures and what was possible and then deciding to come back together and make a go of it. Certainly, the battle's end helped out an awful lot. Uh, they're becoming financially viable helps. But 
I mean, that's uh, – What did that sound like to you? It reminded me of the unofficial small council of uh, LaMarcus Joyner and Telvin Smith, mm-hmm. James Wilder and Timmy Jernigan. Yeah, 2013 was only great because we failed in 2012. It's the only reason it was that great. It's the only reason that we're up 35 to nothing in a quarter against NC State was because that taste left in the mouth of a LaMarcus Joyner and others who saw this place be nothing. It was rubble when they arrived, and they thought they deserved it in 12. It was so sour that it motivated them to come for your soul in the first yeah. quarter yeah. every single week. Without 2012, that doesn't happen that way. It just doesn't. What I think is interesting is, is always that um, when, you, when you get a group of guys who collectively decide to do something together, and you know in this case, they haven't achieved anything yet. So they, they individually they're well thought of, and they've won 10 games now, but they haven't won anything yet. They haven't won anything. They didn't win the division. They didn't Said win the conference. Yeah, I did. And it's the best case scenario for Mike and his coaches because you can say you're better, they can grow, you can watch their confidence grow, but you can also cut them down to size very quickly. You haven't done a damn thing. It's cool to have a 10-win season. There have been a lot of them around here, but you didn't win anything of significance. But, boy, are there opportunities to do so now. Now that you've come back and you've put in the hard work and you're going to continue to grow, and now you got an opportunity to achieve something of significance, to be a team, as Leonard Hamilton likes to say, of significance, right? They can be that now. Um, I like when that's owned by the team and not just the coach saying that. I like when a team feels like they agree that they've embraced those expectations of each other as well as what's possible because then you get what you just described in 2013. You get a very talented group of guys hell-bent on kicking ass and taking names. And then you watch the fury with which they do that, right? The first quarter and the first two quarters of every game we played not named Boston College that year were ass-kickings, were dominations. And one of the reasons for that is not only were they better than everybody and not only did they work really hard and they were all on the same page and focused together and pulled in the same direction, but it was an opportunity to go take care of business and relax, let these other guys play. Build some depth. You know, get – there was nothing better. I've been on a terrible team and on a great team. And when you're on a great team, one of the cool things is that you go out, you kick ass, you win going away, and then you watch your buddies play. And there's no chance you're getting hurt because you're off the field in the middle of the third quarter. It's like – it's a those are great things. Now, I don't know how much of that will happen this year. College football is different certainly than high school football. So, it's, you know, we'll see how many times they get that opportunity to truly rest – but there are a lot of guys that can go and grow during this season if Florida State take care, takes care of business in the games that are overwhelming favorites. There are a lot of guys that can get a lot of significant playing time that will help out the 2024 team. It's easy to like each other right now before losses happen, disappointments happen. But it is worth noting, I'm sure you felt this too in, in the breakout rooms and the places you were, at least the top level of the roster that we often see, the front-facing players, they all like each other. Jordan and Jared are getting along. Travis and Trey Benson are FaceTiming each other during the yeah, breakout funny, interview. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Halen DeLoach talks about his bond with Tatum Bethune, and Jared Verse was talking about his bond with Braden Fisk and Jeremiah Byers. The top end of this too deep, the starters, seem to all like each other very much. Now, Yeah, they're on the same page. Is that, you know, necessary to go to the playoff? No, not at all. It doesn't have to be that way at all. That 14 team didn't like each other nearly as much as the 13 team. And did. it showed, but they also went undefeated in the regular season. They right. both went 12 and 0. Yeah. You know, in the mm-hmm. regular season. Mm-hmm. But you know, sometimes when push comes to shove, 
And if you're unexpectedly down in a situation or there's an adversity, that can help pull you through it do when you, you're in it together. Do you remember, like, I'm trying to remember this because I, when you say it, and every time it comes up, and I think about 29 straight victories, yeah. which seems so long ago now, but it, it wasn't that long ago. That's a lot. 29 straight is a lot. It is a lot. Back-to-back undefeated regular seasons um, is, is an amazing accomplishment. Do you do you remember that being talked about the way that we feel like it would be talked about if it were Alabama, if it were Georgia, if it were LSU, if it were Ohio State? No, it was kind of talked about with a chuckle. Well, 29 straight for the Knowles, as we, or 26 straight as we know, 27 straight as we know. It was, it was almost a qualifier more than it was a central talking point. Because all that people could fixate on that 2014 was season. Was this Jameis situation. But well, in the playoff. It was yeah. new, and Florida State wasn't number one. So if Florida State was number one and consensus number one, it probably would have been talked about more. But everybody was discovering the playoff committee. So we kind of got lost well, in the wash in, there. In dumbass reasonings. You know, the classic game control and all that yeah, stuff. Body like, clock. What, what are we? What are you talking about? This is absurd. This group has now won 22, 23, 24 straight games. Yeah, and if you think about it, that's three regular seasons. If you go from 12 through 14, where you're 34 and 2. <laughs> yeah, 34 and 2. Yeah. Well, uh, George is going to probably do something similar. And you should have been 36 and 0. Yeah, Let's be honest. Yeah, absolutely. It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93, 3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93 show 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. Good choice of songs, Tom. I was just listening to Blind Melon today, buddy. We should take a two-by-four to the establishment as we know it right now, Florida State. Come on. What is AWA uh, Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock, buddy? That is the members only, War Chant members only, Ask War Chant Anything. See what we did there? Like a play on AMA? Yes, I got it. Um, So uh, staff members are going to be available for Warchant subscribers only in a video show. It's interactive just for you, and you got us to ask us whatever the hell you want. So it's another perk of being a Warchant member in addition to things like, oh, I don't know, 10% off every Garnet and Gold purchase. That's a big one too, buddy. My goodness gracious. I love it. I'm excited. Hope you're doing well. Troy, I saw that you were tuned in today from uh, your hospital listening to the show. We appreciate that always, and I wish you well. Shout out to you and everybody else that's in the chat, by the way, as well. Um, should be – this is going to be fun. This is going to be a fun year. I'm just thinking big picture on a Monday as we get started. I want to take the time to let that wash over you a little bit, think a little bit about another season. Uh, I feel fortunate we've been here doing this. 25 years I've been doing the Jeff Cameron show. I love Tallahassee. Obviously, this has been uh, in, in an awesome, awesome uh, and fun career to have. Uh, but I never, for many of the years, 
I didn't take any time at the start of each season to kind of be in the moment and celebrate it a little bit. And I, I think losing certainly helped me find that. Getting older helped me find that. You know, lots of other life things like having kids and all that make you do it. But uh, I have all summer long, and in some ways it made the summer go faster, oddly. I, I, I think that being excited about the season and asking questions and contemplating different scenarios and talking it through with people on the chat and the email and listeners of the radio on 93.3, like just kind of going through all of that fully. You know, you and I did a video that I, I don't know if it's posted yet or when it's going to be about the depth chart. It goes tonight. So, I, I mean, just doing that with you yesterday, that was fun. We talked about the many areas that Florida State has um, – layers of talented players it's really cool well another quick promo because we didn't really touch on it today but Florida State recruiting is on fire we haven't yet got to camp and Florida State's number five in the country in terms of the team rankings and so tonight's Monday smash will be myself Michael Michael Langston going to be answering questions that you might have in the interactive chat regarding the Florida State weekend it's been a good one they had three commitments in three days including an offensive lineman from the west coast but then also, Mike Norvell tweeted something very interesting out today. Yeah, I saw that. Mike doesn't do that for no reason. So now we all know that on Saturday there's a high profile, perhaps even higher profile than Charles Lester in some ways, commitment available. What does Mike Norvell know? We're watching the the momentum continue to be built up. You know, I did the Lester video with Mike. Uh this the the we didn't you and I didn't get a chance to talk about how big it is to get the uh, the the kid uh, from the is he from the Congo? Uh, Democratic Republic of the Congo. Yeah. Yes, Monasi Ititi. Getting Ititi from USC and having him flat, uh, flip and decommit from Southern Cal, which happened on Friday, uh, is a huge deal. Yeah, I did some background on Monacy, uh before doing that particular video. I was doing some extra stuff for the, the site way, this weekend. If you were going to order a drink and it was called Monacy, you'd, you'd be really eagerly anticipating said drink. Like, I'll mm-hmm. have the I'll have a Monacy, please. Just sounds great. When would you like it? ITT. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> That's well played. So he's um he was a basketball player first at this academy where he plays in in California. Good feet. And the coach caught him and during one of the games and said, "Yep." You would be a perfect, fit. explosive athlete as a as a forward. I think the coach was quoted as saying that he was fouling everybody. Well, <laughs> he's a move. giant guy who could move. He's like, man, yep. you're playing the wrong sport. Let's go. So he gets him out to the football fields. This is a, a developmental prospect, mm-hmm. all the same, but immediately falls in love with football, loves it to death. And usually when you have a project, even if they've got the measurables, you know, the recruiting services will give you a three-star. Bjorn Werner was a three-star when he right. was in uh, the Northeast yep. playing high school football. This kid was already rated a consensus high upper-tier four-star. Just athletic as can be. You know be. me, man. Give me offensive linemen. Give me some linebackers sprinkled in there, and we'll celebrate all day long. I know the kid from South Carolina, so that's it. Here we go. Yep. It's exciting. Uh, let me tell you about Power, Power Mill Training Academy, equipping and motivating athletes focused on baseball and softball with the specific tools to reach their potential. That's right. You want your kids to have fun, but you want them to know the fundamentals so that they can have fun and maximize their abilities, developing strong fundamental skills foundational to any player's development. Whether that is softball or baseball, they do it all at Power Mill. Check into it. 
Find out how you can get your kids signed up at PowerMillSports.com. Probables, Tom, if you would. It's time for, how you say, with the pitching, uh, Probables? Tom, I told Director Matthew those Phillies want no more of the Battle and Buckos. The wrath of the Battle and Buckos. A little walk-off yesterday. Raise the Jolly Rogers. It was beautiful. A dance to follow. Did he watch the whole dance? Did he get to see the dance around third and the home plate? Because it was fantastic. Phillies, Marlins, aforementioned Phils. Tawan Walker and Edward Cabrera. Rays, Yankees, Tyler Glasnow. Domingo Herman. Boy, the Orioles weren't having it yesterday. Six runs in the first against the Yankees before they ever recorded an out. Big suck it to the Yankees. Uh, Brewers, Nationals. Corbin Burns, Jake Irvin, Orioles, Blue Jays, Kyle Gibson, Chris Bassett. We got the Angels and the Braves, Griffin Canning. Mm-hmm. By the way, Charlie Morton is 10 and 8 with a 3 5. Old ass Charlie Morton out here dealing. Am I correct in seeing you only have three here today? Hey, Griffin, Griffin, come on over. <laughs> no! Reds, Cubs, Andrew Abbott, Marcus Stroman. Guardians, Strohs, Noah Syndergaard, J.P. France. Padres, Rockies, Seth Lugo, Austin Gomber. Red Sox, Mariners, Nick Pavetta, George Kirby, and finally D-backs, Giants, Ryan Nelson. Not Ryan. TBD for the Giants, and that is a look at those that shall reside on the bump. You know, I'll be happy to say goodbye to July. I wanted to welcome August in the worst way anyhow because that's the start of football and this begins the week of it and we all celebrate. But also, Tom, because this morning July pissed me off one last time. I'm very particular about my nails. Do you know this? Nails? I trim my nails the first sign that they're getting too long. I can't stand having nails that are too long. It bothers me. I don't know why. I can just feel it. Like not just I'm not talking about when they're real long and you actually like cut yourself or something, but like just enough that it's over the the tips of your fingers there. You're like, oh hey, what are we doing? Time to trim them up. But because I'm very particular about my nails, I tend to make the mistake of over cropping. Oh man, yep, bamboo shoots. I did that this morning on not one but two different nails, and they're mm-hmm. hurting me at this very moment. Now, luckily, my nails grow very quickly. So within, you know, the next 24 hours, the skin that should not have been exposed to the elements that is and that is stinging should be taken care of. But damn it, I blame July. Tired of it. Look at that. Just, oh, tore him up. I got one for you today. Mm. Uh, I touched the element in the toaster oven with my middle finger. Ouch. I was reaching in, miscalculated the depth. Yeah, ouch. It's, uh, it's numb. It's like that scene, well... Not your era, more my era, but Men in Black when they take uh, Will Smith's fingerprints off of his fingers, puts his hand on the globe. Yeah, did you uh, did did you know as soon as you did like that instantaneous? Oh whoa, yeah. And, oh. Yeah. And uh, I I pull the the finger out and it's all white on the tip, like just completely dead and frayed. <laughs> I know, director. Burns are no joke, man. Burns are no joke. Burns That's are right. no yeah. Burn. We keep I, it moving. I can cut myself All without I a problem. Was an English muffin here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can cut myself and just be like, ah, it's a gash. It's gonna hurt. That's okay. You burn yourself. That's a different deal. You're like, Son of a. That's interesting. It's the friction of the gash that I don't like. 
But the Cash burn is, is no big deal. I once burned my forearm on a. Well, this was when I was working at the deli. They got the big, you know, thing of the potatoes. Oh yeah, yeah, the spuds, yeah. as yeah. they were called. How's the spud line coming? That's what the guy would yell. And the door opened, and the glass door that this jerk swung open from. Ah, yeah, gotcha. Right on the forearm. No big deal though. No big deal. I don't mind. I, I can deal with cuts. You're gonna get cut, man. You're gonna get cut when you're out and about. If you're a guy, you're playing with your kids or whatever, you're running around, you're in the trees, it happens, you get cut up. Mm. Only kind of cuts I can't stand are paper cuts. Whoo, we don't you had talk to about say them. it. We don't talk about them. You had to paper say it. Paper cuts are no bueno. Everything else you can kind of deal with. Yeah. But this, the nails today, man, the nails, I blame it solely on July. I just wasn't thinking. I think I was, my vision and, and everything was clouded by the severe humidity and heat that engulfs us every waking second we live in this godforsaken state. So if you were the major league pitcher version of yourself in an oh. alternate universe, you'd have that nail file all the time. All the time. You'd be the guy on the, on the dugout with the nail file. I just, you, you got it. Your nails got to be right. You never notice it when you put on your golf club. Like let's, yep. when you're playing, you're like, uh-huh. oh, nails are too long. And they dig in. Oh, you can't have it. Yeah, the worst is when you're caught napping because I'm an interlocker. And uh, the one pinky nail, it'll dig in it between the in. knuckles. You're like, And then you get a... the half moon cut. Can't, can't have it. It's a little can't. half moon gash. No, you can't have it. Tom's happy about the trades, Michael. I don't have to. Tom doesn't have to go on and on uh, about that. He wants the whole team to be sold off. It's time to get rid of these bums. You keep Verlander though, if you can. I think you're going to trade him. him, You probably will. But if you have him and Sangasan leading the rotation next year, that's that's a good way to do it. I'd trade him. Hey, I won't be mad if they do it. Not I'd keep Sangasan. But you got to yeah, yeah, you got to trade Verlander. I won't be mad if they do it because the hall will be good. Yeah, get something for him. I said that. Like he said, the owner is a man of his word. He said he'd pay. He'd pay the remainder of the salary to get a better prospect, and that's what he did to get Acuna's little brother. So between tonight and tomorrow and the next day, man, we're going to have so much fun looking at this. Like, if you go to ESPN's homepage today, I'm not vouching for ESPN, any place that covers sports. Like, there, you know, Connolly's got an article today on the big takeaways from the Big 12 and the Pac-12 situation that remains murky, and then there's college football's top schedules. And then you flip, you go further down the page, you see, you know, unfortunately, injury reports from NFL camps and other stories about NFL camps. You're like, it's here! It's here! It's all here! It's happening! Yeah, the Bucks' uh, Aaron Donald pick uh, has a calf strain. He left the field. <laughs> the Aaron Donald pick. That's right. That's what everybody terms him. Uh, Jalen Ramsey's out till December. Well, yeah, that, that I saw yesterday. That's the, he had surgery. Yeah. Has Dalvin Cook signed with the Jets yet? No, he but I think he will. Yesterday. I think he will. Yep. But it's here. It's upon us, right? And then we didn't even get to talk about Sean Payton making an ass of himself, as usual. But you know, he's had a substance abuse problem in the past, though. Let that sit there. <laughs> That's what I would have said if I were the, <laughs> if I were the coach he was talking about. Uh. He also has a closing on Super Bowls with legendary quarterback problem. Mm. Yeah. Mike McCarthy. Hello, Mike McCarthy. You're just a skinnier version. Knowing uh, Peyton, he would have just blamed it. I can only do so much with a check down. That, too, would have been a fair Guys, I have to call my trick plays. I have to show you how smart I am. What do you want me to do? This guy can't get it beyond 15 yards from the line of scrimmage. Do you realize that Jameis threw a touchdown in our Mm. game against the (laughs) Bucs? Good work out of you. Good work, Director Matthew. It was great to be back, everybody. Be tuned in tonight for the Smash. Tom and Michael kicking ass, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. Mm.